We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is August 8th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? How are you? I'm good. This is your uh, Luke's birthday countdown. Uh, we are oh, about my three, three weeks and a day away. So that's uh, that's that. I mean, other than that, man, it's uh, I'm good. It's Florida. It's hot outside, and then it rains, and then it's humid and hot. It's just the cycle of life in, in, in Florida. So... It's uh, it's good to be back. We've been officially back for like I don't know a month and a half now, some or two months. That's kind of crazy. We moved yeah. on June ninth, so like almost two months. So time is flying, and then uh, you know, baby due in October, and yep. uh, all that fun stuff. It's it's going to be a busy next few months for sure. Absolutely is. So we've got a banger of an episode for you. Shout out to Tim the Tap Man. Uh, we are going to get into our. Favorite 10 Magic players of all time on this episode. This might be the one where Luke and I come to to blows or fisticuffs, uh, I I should uh, rather say. Um, Anyways, we're going to talk about that. There's definitely some... It's going to get heated. I I already tell Luke gets really disrespectful about one of the players in my top 10. It's going to get... Well, not... It's not... let's, Let's preface this. It is not top 10 best. It's top 10 favorite. And there, one there guy, needs to be disclaimers all over everything, but yes. Yes, yes. This is just personal preference. We're going to go through that personal preference. Some of it's going to be talent. Some of it's going to be obviously not talent. You know, It's just kind the of going to be all over the place. The heartstrings, all that good stuff. So we're definitely going to get into that. Just a couple of housekeeping items uh, this week. So um, we know that you guys always show up on YouTube in the, the listens, the downloads, everything like that. But... If you were not aware for whatever reason, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on TikTok, at Sixth Man Show. You can find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash The Sixth Man Show. You can also find us on YouTube. If you're listening to this and you didn't know we're on YouTube, we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Sixth Man Show. So if you're on any of those platforms, go ahead and give us a nice subscribe, a nice follow, 
review, all that kind of good stuff. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, you can leave us ratings. So all of that is a really big help. And then today, the 8th, I think you can still vote today. I think you can still vote for OrlandoWeekly.com's Best of 22 ballot. If you want to vote for us, we've been nominated for Best Local Podcast in Orlando. So if you go to VoteOrlandoWeekly.com, underneath Local Notables, you can find the Sixth Man Show. Throw us a vote for Best Local Podcast. Uh, I don't know when we're going to hear the results on that, but hoping it would be really cool to be recognized as Orlando's Best Local Podcast. I don't know that we are, but to be voted that would be really, really cool. Last but not least, we're going to go ahead and shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons, starting with Court Cousins, Armin, Elite Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Magic Player History, Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Gotti 93. Each of these folks helps financially support the show through our Patreon channel, which is patreon.com slash the sixth man show. Three tiers of benefits that you all can choose from. And help support the show. So we really appreciate your help. Luke, a little bit of magic news. So mm-hmm. our own Jonathan Isaac, friend of the podcast, uh, showed up to the Orlando Magic Youth Camp this week. Met with some kids, you know, messed around with them, answered some questions that they had. And uh, he was also, you know, talking, you know, uh, basically, I think it was with Dan Savage, if I'm not mistaken, of OrlandoMagic.com. And was, you know, asked about his rehab. And this is what he had to say. The light is at the end of the tunnel now. I'm feeling great. I can see it, and I'm pushing every day. Luke, how does that make you feel? Uh, is it wrong to say it doesn't It doesn't make me feel much? No, I, it is not. I mean, he's been saying he'd be good to go at, like, Christmas and opening. Like, he's been saying he's good forever. So, hopefully... This light at the end of the tunnel he's speaking of is is number one actually close to him, uh, and and number two, the team actually believes this. I need a team rep to say that. Now, I there's a lot of people on 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 Twitter that you know talk about you know, Jonathan Isaac. He's not gonna he's not gonna pull it. Like I wouldn't expect him to play opening night. I understand the skepticism, but I'm gonna choose to be optimistic. And and based on what we've heard and things that we kind of we're, we're we're like Sherlock Holmes trying to gather clues over here as to what do we have to do with the staff in general in this front office. I'm hopeful that we see him opening night. Are are you hopeful or are you trying to like reserve any feelings from being hurt on opening night if he doesn't come off the bench in that game and, and play? I would say we have blind optimism because we don't really have a real reason to be optimistic because we've heard this it feels like three or four times now throughout the, the rehab process for Jonathan Isaac Torres ACL. I pretty close to two years ago to the day and we haven't seen him play basketball. So we've heard this, you know, he's progressing, he's feeling great, so on and so forth. We still haven't seen him on the floor. I don't know what to expect. We're just in uncharted waters here in terms of this type of injury and him being held out this long. So I'm just really I'm taking it day by day. You know, mm-hmm. if we hear tomorrow that he's going to be back for opening night, that's great. If we don't hear anything, I'm not I'm not going to feel one way or the other about it. Now, as we get to like media day, which we'll talk about in just a moment here, by then, like media day, the very next day starts training camp. If we don't have like a yeah, he's good for training camp at that point, 
then I'm probably going to start to feel worse about myself. Um, <laughs> not that it has anything to do with me, but you know, my uh, mental health is unhealthily connected to this team. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't think you're wrong if, to not be moved by those comments, although we hope they are true. Right, of course. We hope they're true. But my thing is, if Jonathan Isaac isn't playing, even on a minute restriction, which we expect, like 20-minute res- minute restriction opening night, are you thinking they're being just extra cautious with J.I.? Or are you maybe like some fans saying... They've already taken a look at next year's draft prospects, and they're already doing this. They're holding out players, and they're doing this. Which which side do you err on when it comes to Jonathan Isaac and his availability opening night? Opening night, I expect them to handle it the same way they did with Markel. Right. Now, if J.I. isn't playing and like Mar- Markel Fultz isn't in the starting lineup <laughs> opening night, then I'm like, all right, what is happening? Yeah. It is far too early to be you know, exhibiting this kind of behavior. But no, I think it's just gonna. They're gonna bring him back really slowly. They're gonna be really careful with him. Now by January, February, like around the All Star break, that's when we should start to see the minutes. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play twenty five, and he's gonna be on a twenty five minute restriction for a couple of weeks. And then all right, let's see how you feel at thirty. And if he's feeling good after the first game at thirty minutes, like the minutes restriction should be gone. Yeah, and then it's up to. Jamal's discretion in terms of how he wants to handle the lineup, that's an entirely different conversation that we've had multiple times. And I don't feel the need to rehash that right now. But I don't know. Do you feel differently? Um, no, I, I, I asked that question per, pretty much knowing what your answer would be in terms of the, the approach of the front office and everything. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's just going to come down to minute restriction opening night, and that's going to be what it is. And we're just going to go through that. Uh, Markel is on that 20-minute restriction for, what, uh, 18 games? Those 18 games that he played. So wouldn't be surprised if, if J.I. is, you know, 20, 20 minutes. Who knows? I mean, granted, to be fair, we don't know at what point he is deemed, like, fully back compared to Markel and how that timeline really works. But, yeah, I, I would say that uh, that we, you know, get to the point where, you know, Jonathan Isaac plays. What, what would you think? Maybe, like, 20, 25 games at 20 minutes a game? And then you said All Star break, but I'm not. That's a little over half, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit over half. I just, I, I don't know. Like he's he's missed yeah. two years at this point. I just have no idea how they're going to handle that. And I right, do and we don't know how much he's going to be going the last speed either. Three games, Markel, or last five out of the last six games, Markel exceeded that 20 minute restriction. Like one game, he played 20 minutes and 25 seconds, but like the his 13th game 21 minutes then 20 minutes 20 25 seconds 21 minutes almost to 22 almost to 24 almost to 24 and then 30 the last game mm. so it seemed like down the stretch when like worse odds were kind of locked in they're like all right you're good go, go ahead like you're, you're you're free to go at this point but um yeah i don't know yeah maybe maybe you're more in the ballpark than the all-star break you know 20 25 games where does that put us like December, yeah, like maybe by Christmas he's playing twenty five or thirty. I I really don't know. I don't know that we're going to know until one day he's just no longer on a minutes restriction, and that will very. I, I would expect that to be announced at some point. But until then, I'm just like I'm here for the ride. If we get Jonathan Isaac and he's healthy and he looks like the Jonathan Isaac, I'll be fine with twenty minutes. 
Because you know what we were getting before? Fat zero. So I'll be good with 20 minutes a game if he's the same guy. I'm just so tired of this conversation. <laughs> I really am too. And it sucks because like you know I love J.I., but mm-hmm. every time we have to talk about it, I'm like, we're going to say the same thing. Or if I run into people and they're like, hey, what's going on with J.I.? I'm like, no idea. No, I don't know. No clue. No don't idea. Know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when my aunt comes up to me, like I saw my aunt today at a, a barbecue. Oh, how's the podcast doing? It's going good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't I'm, I don't want to talk about it. Like yeah. outside of like this context, you know, it's, it's well, just one of, one of those things. A lot of people don't understand it as far as the podcast goes. You tell they're like, you know, they. You know, some people, you tell them you do a podcast. And it's gotten to the point where, like, everybody does a podcast, you know? And so they come up to you and you're like, how's your podcast? Like, how's your little podcast? Yeah. And it's like, man, yeah. you don't get it. Um, they're never clout. They're never going to get it. I, mean, I don't say that, but. <laughs> uh, no, I know, I know. But uh, don't, but, like, you know, a li- maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but it's not like, you know what I mean? This is obviously off on a tangent here, but, like, you know, they people just don't get it. And like I said, it's well, not our, it's not, it's not their fault. I mean, everybody truly does have a podcast. It feels like, and you know, you've got people that just like they just do it to do it, and they don't, you know, they they record whenever. It's just not the same with us. And and I think that that uh, you know, your your aunt might just think like, how's it going? You know, and well, you know, bless her heart, like she's just trying to make conversation. But like I spe- like one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I was tired of having casual magic conversations. Mm. I wanted to talk to someone a couple of times a week who like really knows what they're talking about. They didn't talk about, kind of being you know, Dwight Howard was still on the team or, you know, yeah. uh, that team hasn't been good since the 90s. Yo, like, why are we training for Giannis? What are we doing out here, y'all? <laughs> like, uh, like what? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, some of the stuff that you see in some of these groups. But anyways, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and move on from this here. So media day for the Orlando Magic um, officially coming up on September the 26th. I believe that's a Monday. And then the very next day, Tuesday, uh, starts training camp. Both of those events are going to take place at the new Advent Health Training Center um, that I believe is getting ready to open in a couple of weeks to the public in Orlando. So super excited. You know, uh, we are hoping to attend media day, but we don't know yet. This would be our first media day. So we're hoping to be able to pull that off and attend would be really really cool but you know time will tell um it feels like it's time for us but you know we'll see what happens there Mm -hmm. we will we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke. Yes. Time to take off the gloves, my boy. We're about to break down our favorite 
10 Magic players of all time. I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I know Are you ripping off the people, whole list? No, 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 no. We're, we're going to go one by one here. I'm okay, one for one. And work I got my you. way up. Exactly. Okay. Yes, sir. I got you. Mm-hmm. So in some circles, this is a hot take. To me, it should not be a hot take. And you and I can just kind of discuss that because I think we are really good examples of both sides of this conversation. Uh-huh. So coming in at number 10 for me, it is a shooting guard out of France, Evan Fournier. Mm. Mm-hmm. So before I, I – I want you to present like the anti-Evan agenda so that I yeah. can give the pro-Evan agenda and, and why I don't feel the way a lot of other people feel about Evan. Right. Um. Yeah. So I think the agenda, the anti-Evan agenda, I think that there's – some people that take it too far, right? I mean, spoiler alert here, he didn't make my top 10, but 10, you know, to make not, it- not only not only did he not make your top 10, I got laughed at. I got roasted in the group chat. That's a fact. By you and Kevin. Oh, Kevin when was, I said Kevin went crazy. When I said that Evan was in my top 10. Kevin so. went crazy, and I know that it could have been for the sake of the joke, but Kevin was like he might not even be on my he top. He does do that. Third. He does do that. Uh, so, so I think he was just kind of stoking the fire there. I, I don't know, but I hard was, to tell with that KT. So, so uh, Jason snacks or that too. Hey, so yes, you know, yes. you know. But no. So the, the anti Evan agenda is that you and I talk about this. We've said it many times. He was miscast in his role in Orlando. Good basketball player, but two number two option. Shouldn't be, so not his fault, but but fair. That's fine. It still played into okay. the anti agenda part of it all, which is he was forced to take big shots, you know, down the stretch. Now he did hit some big shots. He took a lot of big shots. He missed a lot of big shots. He turned over a lot of not even shots late in the game, and and caused a lot of heartbreak for for me and many Magic fans, even you. In some of those games, you Correct. you go to bed and you're not thinking nice things about Evan Fournier because I've been there. Yes, so I just for me, man, he he caused me too much heartache in those roles. I understand he's miscast. I get it. If he is on a a, a championship level team, he's a six man, maybe fifth. So yeah. so I just think yes, miscast. However, that doesn't take away the the, the experience of Evan Fournier, which was. A lot of high and a lot, lot of low. So I just could not put him top ten on my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I also, get that. the team mainly sucked. I've got maybe one player on this on my list that was on the team when they sucked. So people are going to hear this and they're going to have your reaction to. It's essentially the same type of top ten I gave you in the group chat, but I've had some time to mull it over and it's refined. Right. But yeah, so that that's my argument against Evan. It's unfortunate, but but I I would not put him in my top ten. I get it. So I don't really. I, I mean, you know where I stand in terms of this argument when people say like, oh, he he was a, a number you know one or number two option here when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that his fault or is that like Rob Hennigan's fault for never being able to like put a, a competent team on the floor in his entire tenure here? Yeah, like we don't make the playoffs until like John Hammond and, and Jeff Weltman come here. So like. The you know, seven seasons that he was here, you know, five of those, the team is just absolutely terrible. And I understand when people are like, 
how can a guy be your favorite when the team was just terrible the entire time? And and we'll kind of get into that here. So just looking at his stats, you know, seven seasons in Orlando, 16 points per game, shot 45% from the floor, 37.6% from the three-point line. Um, also added in 2.9 rebounds, three assists a game, uh, a steal, and just 1.8 turnovers. So like people, one of the things they bring up with Evan, like you said, is like the late game turnovers. I'll take a guy taking 13 shots per game only averaging two turnovers. The ball was in his hands a ton when he was here, and we know that. He wasn't like this turnover machine, but it did seem like the ball was in his hands down the stretch of games, and he would turn it over at like the most inopportune time. My argument is, on those teams, who else are you going to put the ball in their hands? You're going to put the ball in Aaron Gordon's hands? You know what he does? Two consecutive offensive fouls to blow the game in Dallas. That's what happens when you put the ball in his hands. You can, I mean, okay, maybe we can argue DJ Augustine. Yeah, he had the switch on Marcus All, hits the three, game one against the Toronto Raptors. But are you going to get that at a DJ Augustine on a consistent basis? Absolutely not. So when we just look down the line of guys that were here, people, you know what other people hold against him that is not his fault? The fact that the Orlando Magic chose Evan Fournier over Victor Oladipo. People see what Victor Oladipo became after leaving the Magic. And they continue to hold that against Evan Fournier when you can make the argument that Oladipo is never going to become that player here in Orlando. I think there is enough evidence to say that Evan Fournier was the more efficient player at the time. Now, was Rob Hennigan just trying to save his job by acquiring Serge Ibaka and probably would have traded anyone on the team at that point? Yes. But there are just certain things that are held against Evan Fournier that were completely out of his control. He was the second option in our closer, just out of necessity. The team, if you guys are new to the team, the team was that bad, where Evan Fournier was the best option down the stretch in these games. The you know dribble handoffs, the high pick and roll with Evan and Vooch that we all hated so much, for most of their tenure here, that was our best option. Now, in the last couple of years when you've got, you know, Markel Fultz, really not the same thing. It was not the best option at the time, but regardless, it's what they just kind of defaulted to most of the time. What was endearing to me about Evan was the fact that the guy was a fierce, fierce, fierce competitor. There was never any question here in Orlando that he wanted to win, in my opinion, that him, especially Vooch, Aaron Gordon, desperately wanted to turn things around here in Orlando. They said as much multiple times. Uh, I I appreciate somebody that is willing to take that shot. There are a lot of guys that would just kind of shy away from the moment. The fact that he was willing to take those shots... I appreciated Evan. He never sugarcoated the way that he felt when he was here in Orlando, you know, about, you know, with the the media. If he was asked a question, he was never rude, but wasn't going to sugarcoat anything, was going to tell you exactly what he thought. And, you know, he's not bit like come on the podcast obviously, but like on the way out, just the way that he talked about his time in Orlando, jumped in on our little live stream when we were doing that after the trade deadline, just some other social media interactions that I've had with Evan have made me look at him in you know in a, in a, a warmer light, I would say. So yeah, Evan Fournier is my 10th favorite Magic player of all time. Man, uh, producer Kevin just came in our ear basically and, and said, uh, you know, if this if you guys take that long with everything, we're going to be here all night. And I, you know, and, and I appreciate that. Was that. A, I had to fiercely <laughs> defend Evan Fournier. That was not just to Luke. That was for all of the Evan Fournier haters out there. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. 
I don't think it'll be this deep the rest of the way because I think we pretty much agree or are like fine with each other's selections. Yeah. But Evan Fournier is the one that when it got posted on social media, people were like, what the? <laughs> you know, when I posted, you guys were like, Evan, what the? So I was like, all right, I got to defend Evan Fournier once and for all. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and with my number 10 here. Uh, my back, the back, you know, the, the last like two here, three here are from kind of the last, you know, 10 years of Magic Basketball, everything else prior really number 10 for me is the human torch terrence ross this is because you know just really truthfully like this is because during those bad seasons if terrence ross got hot it was must what must watch tv for me and every magic fan out there he was just so much fun especially in his first year with an orlando was that 2016 or something like that but he uh just that was the 2017 season when we traded him in the surge we got him in the surge Ibaka deal but he got hurt like not that long after we traded for him yeah he, he if if memory serves he played me 24 right, games i'm gonna pull it up um, right now he played a decent yeah. he played 54 in toronto 24 in orlando so that's pretty good uh and but then the next season 2017 18 uh his first full season with orlando he played 24 games so that's maybe what you're thinking about but maybe maybe that was but yeah that so hurt. that's number yeah. 10 for me terrence ross i will say the disclaimer on this list jonathan for me is that I didn't put anybody on this list that I wasn't old enough or wasn't already watching the team. So this, for me, excludes a lot of players that people would, you know, old heads or maybe even just the Today fan who's 17, 18 years old would be like, how do you not have this player on the list? And it's like, because I'm not going to act like I've watched as much as many games of theirs as I have these other guys on the list. I'm just, it's another part of that whole favorite list. Not like Listen, just a watch. Disclaimer: Nick Anderson, honorable mention. Like the highlights that I have gone back and watched of those early '90 teams are of Shaq and of Penny. I haven't gone back and like I've spent hours and hours and hours of my life watching Shaq and Penny highlights. I maybe have watched like I don't know. There might even be a handful of Nick Anderson highlights mm. on YouTube right now. I'm not taking away from the player. I know he was a good player in his own right. I know in terms of Orlando Magic history, he's a massive deal. But like Luke said, I haven't watched a ton of Nick Anderson. Yeah. Um, also, my honorable mention is Daryl Armstrong. So I remember NBA Live. That's another NBA one. Live 01. The reason is I I do remember a, a, as far as like a little bit of Daryl Armstrong, but he was also uh, one of my favorites on NBA Live 01 with KG on the cover. Uh, big fan. So big, big fan of old Daryl Armstrong for sure. One of my parents' favorite players. So had some good seasons. Absolutely, obviously had his game, his years where he was sixteen points a game. The one thing I will say, Jonathan, and we'll move on to number nine, is Daryl Armstrong was taking five and a half threes in the year two thousand a game, like thirty five percent clip too. I mean, for ninety nine two thousand ahead of his time, he was he was always willing to shoot the three. So shout out Daryl Armstrong, honorable mention. What's your uh, what's your number eight? I just got to take I or nine. Oh, I got to get to my number nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to throw in one thing. You put Terrence Ross in Evan Fournier's role, he is exponentially more hated than Evan Fournier, or at least should be, because he's not as good of a player. That's, just want to want to throw that out there. We love Terrence fine. because he excelled in his role. That's fine. That's right? fine, but unfortunately... You don't want to talk about it? It's fine. I, don't want to talk about it? Listen, I get it. I, get I it. told you. He's miscast. I don't think he would be you know, in my top 15. He'd be in my top 20, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't put him on a list at all. So I'm there right in the middle, I'd like to think, as far as Evan Fournier. You are wrong. <laughs> they are wrong. 
as far as that right. morning goes. My right. number nine is the boy J.J. Redick. So, J.J. Redick, I hated when he was in college. Played Everybody for Duke, did. But I was very excited when the Orlando Magic drafted J.J. Mm-hmm. Redick in 2006. So, career with the Orlando Magic, uh, we have 9.2 points per game here, 43% from the floor, 39.8, basically 40% from the three-point line. What in, is so endearing to me about J.J. Redick is obviously first couple of, like, you know, it took him a while to get established in the league and then was an integral part of those Orlando Magic playoff teams in the late aughts. Obviously a big part of the 2008-2009 run to the finals, then a big part the following year going to the Eastern Conference Finals. J.J. Redick, I have definitely become even more of a J.J. Redick yeah. fan since he started to work in the media, like after his playing career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, great podcast, great personality, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, J.J. Redick, just a guy that worked his butt off to carve out a role in the NBA for himself and was a part of some great Magic teams. Yeah, I I like that. He's He'll, he'll, he'll be on my list here soon. Um, my okay. number nine, actually a current Magic player, because if we're going favorites, I can't lie. And this player, no, no, number don't number say nine it. on my list. I'm predicting the future as well during this, but he's my favorite. It is Win Daddy Carter oh, Jr. He did it. He it did is. it. Wendell Carter Jr. Man, I I love him. The daddy. everybody knows it. I love him. He's already number nine on the list. And and don't get me wrong, That's we we might wild. look at this in five years, maybe WCJ somehow. Slips out of the hands of the magic in a few years. I'll be crushed on that day. You'll need to check on me if it happens. But five years down the road, we could be having a different conversation. But as it stands today, he brought me a lot of joy this last season. Brought me a lot of joy. He he's he's already showing improvement. I think with his contract and how it's worked, the way that he established himself last year, I think he's going to be around for a while around this organization, and uh, he should be. So with that. He's number nine. I can respect that. I, I think that there's a, like, at worst, he's probably like an Evan Fournier level player, you know, like for the organization. Like, just if we're just talking about how good they were in their times of, in Orlando, like right now, mm-hmm. you probably could even argue like this season, he had a better season than any season Evan Fournier had, potentially. Evan had some pretty good seasons. Yeah. Like, Evan had some like 17, 18, 18 points a game. 18 points a game, somewhere around there. So, like, pretty yeah. close right now. But I could see by its by the time it's all said and done, him, you know, having a better match. I mean, the team's going to, dear God, we hope they're going to be better than the Evan Fournier <laughs> teams here in Orlando. So, I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. Next, no, yeah. at eight, Vooch. The Vooch. Mm-hmm. Nikola Vucevic. Uh, obviously, part of those Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic teams that everybody obviously highs in such high holds in such high esteem as we've been talking about. Um, but no, like this was a guy who obviously rookie season in Philadelphia is part of the Dwight Howard deal. We don't know what we're getting, right? Rookie season averaged 5.5 points per game, 4.8 rebounds for the 76ers. And then next year, just like a walking double double for most of his time here in Orlando. And I was really hoping, even though we didn't draft him. If you think about Vooch, I mean, we can go 20 years from now. People are going to talk about Nikola Vucevic, be like, oh, yeah, that guy you know, played for the Magic. I think that is probably what he will end up being remembered for. But yeah. I just I wish he would have had the opportunity to end his career here. I know we're all very happy with the way that that deal turned out. Franz Wagner, um, 
Got another pick coming, obviously Wendell Carter. But yeah, just Vooch, a guy that you just knew what you were going to get from him every single night. And yeah, especially, you know, making the the couple of all-star teams that he did here in Orlando. And then finally making it to the playoffs with that team in 2018-2019. I will always have a special place in my heart for that team and for Vooch. And I, he's top five Orlando Magic player of all time. We've talked about that. I hope at some point, you know, he'll be in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. I hope they retire his number. Love me some Vooch. Okay. So for me, where are we at now? Eight? Yes. Yeah. So my number eight is a guy that gave me one of my favorite memories in the last five years. Absolutely. We've already mentioned him once, but DJ Augustine is my number eight. In Orlando, in, in the playoffs, especially, um, you know, in Orlando, just to look at his playoff numbers with the Magic, you know, uh, in 18, 19, 13 points a game um, on 47% shooting from three in that game, and he was taking four a game. And then the next year, 13 points a game on 47% again, three point shooting on three and a half attempts, a little bit over that a game. Uh, I, he just, you know, Again, this being a favorite list, he was a guy that I, you know, just trusted when it came down to it, was able to believe that he was going to, you know, do the right thing with the ball. Um, let's see what he was at, like one and a half, you know, turnovers a game and about four assists. So I, I just trusted him down the stretch. He was a true vet for this team and ice cold when it mattered there against uh shout out Marcus Hall. So was, uh, he does come in at number eight for me. I will forever remember the on the ESPN broadcast, Ryan Rucco. Augustine for three, he takes. You bet. <laughs> I will I will remember that call for the rest of my life and just obviously mm-hmm. like losing my freaking mind when he hit that shot. It also includes yeah, one of the most fun games in a long definitely. time. Definitely. Also includes Evan Fournier screaming in DJ's ear right after. And yeah. one day I yeah. promise on everything that I love, I will find out what Evan said to, to DJ in that moment. <laughs> all right coming up at number seven for me now we're getting into like guys that really contributed to very special times here in orlando the team being just exceptional right richard lewis sweet lou okay mm-hmm. obviously massive part of the magic making it to the finals um in 2009 um you know another great year the following year they go to the eastern conference finals then didn't work out the Eastern Conference Finals. He gets traded the next season to Washington for Gilbert freaking Arenas, and we know <laughs> how all of that went down. But just Richard didn't want to play the power forward position when he came to Orlando, but Stan went to him and said, hey, in order for us to be great, this is what you're going to have to do. He bought into that role. He was incredible. Um, should have been an all-star. Or I'm sorry, it was Hito that – I always forget that it was Hito that didn't make the all-star team in 2009. Richard was an all-star. But you know the two huge shots against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. How can you not love Rashard Lewis? Yeah, absolutely. Can't can't hate on Rashard at all. He is on my list. He'll come up soon as well. Number six for me is a guy who maybe not didn't contribute to where you would normally think a number six on someone's favorite all time list goes. But I tie the memories in with it in terms of how good the team was at the time, and that is. The Polish Hammer. I hold him in high regard. I love him. I, you know, he, he he's a, a guy that speaks good on the team, and 
you know, he, he didn't do too much on the court, but I uh, I always held him in high regard. It, it's crazy that you can love a player that much who averaged like four points a game with the Magic, but it's just a, I, I loved him. I loved him, and, and so he is absolutely deserving of being on this list. The tot, as I like to affectionately refer to, to him the as. Tot. The tot. Okay. Um, you know, he was you know, regard, regarded by some people as one of the best, best backup centers in the league. Just did exactly what the Magic needed him to do when he came in. And, you know, backup center gets you to the NBA Finals. Can do a lot worse than that. Coming up for me at number six, the Turk, Hito Turkaloo. So like I mentioned a few moments ago, was robbed his all-star bid in 2008-2009. A few years ago, what was that, like 2016 when we saw like all of the Atlanta Hawks starting five, or at least most of the starting five make the finals, or make the the play, the, the all-star game. What is wrong with me? There you go. This should have been one of those occurrences. I think like you know, Kyle Korver made the all-star team because... They know they robbed Tito Turkler. Like, we got to give one of these white guys on a good team an all-star bid. <laughs> so they went with Kyle Korver. But it should have been Hito Turkoglu. Just a guy, like the ultimate no, no, yes guy, where towards the end of games, you're like, no, 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 what are you doing? Yes, oh my God, Hito Turkoglu. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those reasons, you know, Hito Turkoglu. You know, the the throwing up the 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 jersey, you know, hitting the hitting the big shot against mm-hmm. Philadelphia in the playoffs, you know, during that Eastern mm-hmm. the NBA Finals run, um, Turk just one of my uh, one of my favorites. Okay, so that was your what six? That was my six. So you're, this, my, is, this is my six now. This is your sixth, yeah, yeah. So Gortat, I think I might have misspoke too. Gortat was my That's seven. Right. They'll forgive you. And then number six is uh, is Vucevic. So this is where he slides in on my list. We've already talked about Vooch, what he was to the to the franchise. Light in a dark time, obviously, with his all-star appearance and, and everything like that. Gotta love Vucevic. Got him at six. Next up for me at five, the Mighty Mouse, the Meerkat, Jameer Nelson, yeah. my dog, Jameer. Mm. Uh, obviously, starting point guard for the you know the the finals run and and the fall well not the follow the finals run was uh, Ray Frolson, but that that team True. most of the year until he gets hurt made the all-star team that year uh you know 16.7 points per game was shooting that thing 50% from the floor 45% from the three-point line um you know injures his shoulder comes back in the NBA finals did not start he did not take Ray for Austin's place as is kind of myth now against some Orlando Magic fans but basically took Anthony Johnson's minutes off of the bench in the NBA finals <laughs> um and yeah you went against Kobe in the NBA Finals. I mean, that's you're you were a young team. Dwight was, you know, what twenty two, twenty three. Like, you know, things are going to happen. But Jameer was just all always like this the, the consummate professional here in Orlando. Still comes back and shows love. I remember he was at Game Three in two thousand nineteen. You know, the playoffs against Toronto, getting everybody you know uh, hype before that game. Just love me some Jameer Nelson. Okay, so for me, my number five is J.J. Redick. So those ones that we've already really talked about, don't need to talk about them again. But J.J. Redick, you already kind of recapped his time in Orlando. Sick that he ended up getting dealt is what it is, but he is number five on my list. Coming in at number four for me is the Penny. Penny Hardaway, Anthony Hardaway. So in his six seasons in Orlando, 19 points per game, Shot 47% from the floor, 
also added 4.7 rebounds, 6 assists. My favorite Penny Hardaway stat is made first team All-NBA in his second season, which just shows you how ridiculous he was. 6-7 point guard. Just that doesn't happen. Guys making really any All-NBA team in their second year in the season. And, of course, he does. Thinking of Penny, you think of like the armband, you think of the pinstripes, you think of him and Shaq, you think of just uh, the iconic pinstripes. How can you look beyond that? Uh, yeah, Penny Hardaway, just special, special player. Injuries you know, robbed him of a Hall of Fame career. All right, number four for me is Hito Turkoglu. And then uh, you can go ahead with number four because we've, we've spoke on it. But, yeah, my next four really, Jonathan, are, are kind of the, the core – Honestly, of that, that finals run in 09. Oh, of the finals run. Okay. So number three, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, not for Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I don't even know that I'm an Orlando Magic fan. So obviously Orlando was the closest team to me growing up. But really, even from a young age, the reason that I started rooting for the Magic is because my oldest brother was a massive Shaquille O'Neal fan. And when Shaq got drafted to the Magic, my brother living in New Jersey was like, that's my team. So, like, growing up, like, you had the old school, like, pinstripe jerseys. Uh, just obviously love Shaquille O'Neal. Um, second best player in Orlando Magic history. I feel the need to say that. We, we, we'll we talk about who the, the greatest is right now. But Shaquille O'Neal just kind of, like, is when you think of the Orlando Magic, just speaking generally, you think of Shaquille O'Neal. Like, you think of the pinstripes. Um, without Shaq, I, I don't really know where this franchise would be at this point. And his historic significance for the franchise cannot be overstated. Number three, Shaquille O'Neal. Don't let him he- let you hear. Uh, he can't hear that from you because he still thinks he runs the organization. So, well, him um, and Dennis Scott, if if you haven't yeah, heard, apparently so. him and three D. So, uh, number three for me is Richard Lewis. Um, like I said, this is just the guys that that kind of led us. Um, Richard Lewis is my number three. Number two, I've got Dwight Howard, the greatest player in Orlando Magic history. Although it was a messy divorce, uh, when you just go through his resume, which we've done that multiple times on this podcast, not going to go through all of that right now, but to me it's like the three-time Defensive Player of the Year awards back-to-back-to-back. No one has ever done that in the history of the NBA. And then at 23 years old, leading the Orlando Magic to the NBA Finals. Um, Yeah. For us and what we have witnessed as Magic fans, like that's that's the pinnacle. It's never gotten any better than that. And for a lot of those reasons, I just have such great memories of Dwight Howard. He's my second favorite Magic player of all time. All right, number two for me. I was sitting thinking about this, and I was like, man, who do I put two um, out of these guys that I really love? I was really debating between you know him, Rashard, and Hito, to be honest. And so I was like, well... He was the the right-hand man to Dwight Howard, uh, running point guard. So Jameer Nelson is my number two, and rightfully so. Last but not least for me, at number one, he wore number one, the Mac, the T-Mac, Tracy McGrady. Um, I started liking the Orlando Magic, just like the, the branding and everything because of my older brother, but Tracy McGrady is what made me fall in love with the game of basketball. Um, unfortunately for me, it was really Tracy McGrady's last season here in Orlando. But when I tell you like everything that I wanted to do on a basketball court to try to emulate Tracy McGrady, 
Um, you know, I had the armband. I had the armband on my leg like T-Mac. Um, I cried the day that he got traded. I didn't have a Magic jersey at that time. I begged my mom to drive me to the mall, and we got a Tracy McGrady Orlando jersey the day that he was traded to the Houston Rockets. And, you know, he's arguably the most talented player we've ever had in Orlando, definitely the best scorer we've ever had in Orlando. And, yeah, just uh, love me some T-Mac. Um, do you still have the jersey or no? I don't have the jersey anymore, mm. unfortunately. I have a picture a of me in the jersey, but I no mm. longer have that jersey. It wouldn't fit anymore anyways. Well, yeah, 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 I guess. But, you know, uh, I could have passed it on to my kid, but, you know, don't have it. Number one, Thanks everybody knows me. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll cry together later. Um, number one on my list, obviously, everybody understands at this point, it is Dwight Howard. So, again, I didn't have guys like 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 T-Mac and Shaq. And then those type of guys from the 90s and, and like early 2000s, those first couple of years of 2000s, just because, like I said, I didn't, I genuinely wasn't a, a fan of the Magic then. If you would have asked me at that point when I was five, six years old, Luke, who's your favorite NBA team? I'd be like, well, probably the Orlando Magic, but I couldn't tell you anything about them really. And then, you know, Dwight Howard comes in, and that's really when I, my fandom for the Magic took off, was when the Magic drafted uh, Dwight Howard. So good times. All, yeah, that the old heads our... probably hated this uh, episode. So, oh, 100%. But you, ha- you just have to like recognize that, you know, there's different generations of, of teams and, and, and fandom. Obviously, you know, like I said, I wasn't old enough, you know, to remember Shaq and Penny, but just because of like the historical significance that they, that they have and the fact that they were both disgusting. And I've mm-hmm. just watched hours and hours and hours of, of their highlights. So I have a level of appreciation for them. Um, you know, to, it, it's not the same for as like T Mac, who I literally got to see all the time. And I, I do have a feeling that in the next five to seven years, Luke, I'm going to have some guys creep into that top 10. It's going to be hard not even, to. like, take over some of these guys. Like, you have Wendell, like, at, at 10. You have any idea no. how hard it was for me to not – excuse me. I, mm. I didn't mean to, to offend you. Respectfully. You know how hard it was for me to keep Jonathan Isaac off of this list? <laughs> yeah. But it's just like we haven't – we just haven't seen you on the floor enough. Like, mm-hmm. he he – like, there's a very special place in my heart for Jonathan Isaac, but – to me, if this like, is I two years ago, he makes the 10. list, right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely yeah. makes the list. Be- well, And that was because, like, just, like, the trajectory that he was on. Like, when he got hurt New Year's Day 2020, we thought the dude was winning Depoy. Like, there was not anything you could tell us. We mm-hmm. were checking NBA stats, like, every single night, seeing if it was him or AD that was the block leader at the time. They were right. just flip-flopping, going back and forth. So, but, yeah, like... Paolo wins a title for us here and wins finals MVP. He's catapulted to number one. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's how I feel about it. So, Hey, if you disagree, let us know, let us know on social media. Like we said, you can find us on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place here on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, if you disagree or you agree, let us know who your favorite players are in the comments below. We want to hear that kind of stuff. And what I like about this conversation, it's like it's just a matter of preference. It could be heartstrings. It could be some really weird reason that they're your favorite player of all time. Who cares? Well, you initially had done this with uh, ranking the rankings with the Magic Report, Oscar. And yeah, with Orlando Magic Report and uh, Orlando Magic HQ. I forgot. To, I meant to mention that earlier. So thank you. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. That. No, but you. This is one of those things that yes, you can post it online as far as the top ten. But if you don't hear somebody's explanation for like those guys really in like the six to ten range, then you're you can get eaten alive 
and the comments by people who are just like in outrage by it. But like we've said, and we've continued to say, you know, and I'm sure we'll say in the comments, this is our personal preference. I will say while I was going through this, I got a laugh at some of the names that I saw, like players that I don't know that I forgot, but I, I saw their name and I was like, wow. And I just like remembered one of them, Devin Marble. I, I saw that name mm. and I was like, man, uh, if that doesn't remind I thought me of that boy was going to be nice. Yeah. Where, where did he come from? Out of Iowa? Something was like that. Devin Marble, I think. So like Devin that. Marble, uh, Jason Smith, you know, just names that you don't think about too oh much. Oh my gosh. The mid-range the guard. Mid-range. Jason exactly, Smith. Yeah. Before Markel Fultz, there was Jason Smith from the mid range. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we can go back like Travis Diener. You know, a guy that uh, I, I worked at Publix for a time, mm-hmm. and when some of the guys I worked with, I worked in the grocery department, and when some of the guys found out that I was a big Magic fan, this guy, his name was Andy. He felt the need to sit me down, and he's like. You have any idea how good NBA players are? Like even the worst NBA player, he's like, "You have any idea how good they are?" I was like, "I mean, I <laughs> have some frame of reference. Like they're in the NBA." He's like, "I got to tell you, I went to a Magic game years ago, and I watched a guy by the name of Travis Diener. He's like, I watched this guy warm up for twenty minutes, <laughs> did not miss a single shot. He's like, came back out. He's like, when they're doing like all the 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 like lining up before the game, going through layups and all that. He's like, again." Did not miss a single shot. He's like, Travis Diener is incredible. And Travis Diener hit like the game winner in like the basketball tournament like a few years ago, I think. <laughs> so him, uh, one of my uh, one of my best friends growing up, former uh, co-host of the Six Man Show, Will Robles, mm-hmm. he, his family is Puerto Rican. So growing up, they were massive Carlos uh, Arroyo yeah, fans. Say that, yeah. So I always loved Carlos Arroyo as a kid. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there are, you know, more... There's some fun. Kind of, there's uh, some weird ones like just obscure the fact that Magic Ben players. Gordon played for the Magic as well. Um, hey, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings. Let's forget Orlando ever happened. Brandon Jennings. The duo Brandon Jennings and Irsan Ilyasova bringing oh it. Uh, Chris. Bro, when I tell you I was watching Irsan Ilyasova highlights that day, <laughs> oh my dude, I, we were going through. Uh, it, bro. Yeah, you, you know, Chris Duhon. I called him Chris Dudu for short. Uh, wow. You mentioned him, Anthony Johnson. Interesting. That man, talk about Anthony a frame. Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Hey, Diesel. Yeah, 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 yeah. The- Straight up Diesel. <laughs> no, there's so many. I encourage you guys. If you guys have a couple minutes. Deron Lamb. Yeah. Yo, Deron <laughs> Lamb was a hidden gem in 2K back in the day. Yeah. I would sub Deron Lamb in corner threes mm. all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, you know, when we think of players who have won war number one in Orlando, like right now, I think of Jonathan Isaac, but we also think of Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, Deron Lamb, forgotten number one wearer in Orlando mm. Magic. History. Oh, I totally, I probably would honestly have this guy honorable mention on my list as well. But Ryan Anderson, big fan mm. of Ryan, Ryan Anderson, An- Rhino. Yeah, so loved him. There's, I encourage you guys go look at the Orlando Magic all time roster on Wikipedia. Go through that list. It's every Magic player to ever wear wear a jersey. Dominique Wilkins. Wow. Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, Patrick Ewing. Anybody? Love that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Take a little trip down memory lane. You'll see some names. Ben and Wallace. you'll just kind of laugh for a, a good 10 seconds about some of the names that you see because you yeah. totally forget how much they caused you distress. So. 
I don't know. They gave me a lot of pain, but something about that 2018-2019 team will just always be very, very special to me. I don't care. Mm. Don't care. Don't care. Mm -hmm. Has some of your favorites, you know, DJ, Terrence. So, yeah. Hey, we we put the list, and someone was like, I'm so glad that Aaron Gordon isn't on this list. Who would ever? Hey, at one point, man, we thought that boy was going to be the guy. Oscar's list, and now by the way. Nobody likes him anymore. Oscar's list, by hey, the way. I don't want to attack people's personal preferences. I don't want to get into that. All I will say, without spoiling too much, Bismack at number one <laughs> is, is why. It was like Bismack that at one, wild. Alfred at two. I'm sorry, Oscar. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I we love, love you. Oscar. Hey, and this is the thing. It's everybody's preference. But People he, are allowed to like Different and players. he did it, and 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 he also did say and clarify in the comments he hasn't been a Magic fan like for that long, so he's got you know yeah like ten years or right. less. So before finals, I think really before the finals. So I didn't see Dwight on that list. Maybe he just hates. Dwight. I don't know. I think after. I think even after the finals, I think he came in when things were about to get rough. If yeah. I could be mistaken, yeah. but regardless, Oscar, like people but he are had allowed to like two, their, for their favorite players, like whatever. Go yeah, for it. That's absolutely. Fine. But, you know. You know, Bismack. some of us get roasted when we say Evan Fournier. His Mac brick hands. You know, somewhat uh, bro. Unbelievable. That dude <laughs> could not. I, I've never really like, criticized a player's ability to just catch a basketball until catch I met Bismack Biombo. Yeah. There, Mo Bamba's got a little bit of that to him also, but Bismack was the worst. I was like, I can't Old believe I'm quick. criticizing the fact that a guy can't catch the basketball. Yeah, so. it it was rough. Yeah, yeah, no, just drop passes alone would take him far down the list on rankings. Yeah, 100%. But uh, yeah, I, listen, I had a lot of fun doing this. Like Jonathan said, drop drop everything in the comments, um, roast us. Uh, we really don't care. We're so used just to that. do that. We're used to that. Yeah, yeah, just do that, and uh, you know, we'll we'll watch it on YouTube. Quick plug, give us a little like. Little like there, as like you subscribe, notification. If you've hung on this long through the episode, as this point where we're just like talking genuinely how we would talk kevin's outside like of recording for up. sure yeah kevin's like land the plane land it yeah. uh just like it kevin please. tucker just big like fan of microsoft flight simulator by the way if you guys didn't know that oh we'll fly over your house probably hey, for yo fee. all right we're gonna end with that <laughs> for luke Silvia. this has been jonathan osborne you guys have been listening to the six man show we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the sixth man show Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.